Our reading this morning is taken from Matthew chapter 25. And if you'd like to follow it in the church Bibles, you'll find it on page 995, or you can follow it, hopefully, on the screen. Um, We have already heard the first two verses of the reading, because I shall be reading from verses 31 through to verse 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people, one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He'll put the sheep on his right, and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick? or in prison, and go to visit you. The king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer the Lord. Sorry, they also will answer, Lord, When did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. out in the streets late at night, I had no idea what it was like. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know that there were people who were getting into situations where they needed somebody to help them. And so it's a great way of putting Christian faith into action. 
pastors can operate anywhere. The simple philosophy is the church in action on the streets. And that can be caring, listening and helping wherever people are, wherever there are needs. It's a way of putting my Christian faith into action with others. Because when we're in uniform, together in a small team, people come to us. We find people who we can practically care for. We can listen to them and we can help. As an officer um, leading a team dealing with nighttime issues in the city centre, it's really reassuring for me to know that the street pastors are there. Dealing with issues that don't necessarily need a police response allows us to focus on the tasks and priorities that we really need to focus on. I, for one, am very reassured to know that they're there when I'm out leading my team of officers. It really complements uh, what the police do. Belfast Street Pastors has been an absolute godsend of the city. The church is doing what only the church can do and what no other agency can bring to the party. We're not out there to preach at people, but when people ask questions, as they often do, then, of course, we're very willing to share what we believe. We're very willing to pray with people and help Primarily we're there to care, listen and help, and as we do, get into great conversations with many, many different people. Morning again. Um, there were many... Uh, video clips that we could have looked at. If, and if, if you've ever done a street passer search on a YouTube, you would come across many. I, I thought, let's send the, the Belfast one because it, a lot of prayer went into seeing street passers in Northern Ireland. When you think of their history, uh, as we were taking them through the process, my, my prayer to God, Lord, make this happen here. Because if we can get street passers to work in Northern Ireland, there is no way in the world that can claim that it can't work for them. And after much prayer, much desire to see it um, in Belfast, I remember getting on the plane and going down there and meeting with a number of church leaders and walking away and thinking, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And they are doing a remarkable work. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's in a number of locations in Northern Ireland now. So I ask you, keep praying. It, it's a very challenging environment. Um, the, the Irish are a little bit like the Scottish. They're special. Now, in, in the most positive way, they are. They are people who are clear about their identity they're clear about their identity and but you know what it doesn't matter who you are where you are God when he's in the center of all this thing we see remarkable changes so keep them in your prayer let me just get this out of the way first please pick one of these up on your way out you know that invitation that I gave you earlier on that you nodded and said you were coming to that one yeah, um, there's going to be, uh, on the back, it'll give you some further information. Honestly, it'll be great to see you there. 
and to celebrate with us. There are some freebies in terms of further information for those of you who would like to know a little bit more um, about street passes, please, there. If you don't know Reverend Les Isaacs, this was his first book, Dreadlocks. He's a Christian minister, but he was a Rastafarian. Actually, just to hear the story of his life and his transformation, it's an amazing. Um, I've read it. And the street pastor's uh, book. Every street pastor in here has probably already read that. But if you want to have an insight into the journey thus far, it's a remarkable story. Um, Les doesn't attempt to take credit for it, nor do I. It is all about what Jesus has done in a relatively short time. I believe they are they're, they're five pounds and there are some out there should you want to purchase those. Now that's out of the way. It is a pleasure. Street passes, how are you doing? Where are they? Ten years, ten months, um, six years. It's amazing. Um, This is my 15th year as a street pastor. My wife and I, we share privilege of being um, one of the original 15, 18 people that went out as street passers in Brixton 15 years ago. There was uh, 15 women and there were three men. Uh, myself being one of the men, uh, Reverend Les Isaacs being another, and a local evangelist. And it's been an amazing journey. It's been an amazing journey. One day, you and I are going to uh, be presented before God. You do know that, yeah? Uh, yeah you ready? Yeah, and, you know, I, I love an honest response. No. Uh, I love uh, we're, we're going to be presented before, before the Lord. And um, in, in the scripture verse that was read, I, I always get a visual of this long queue. And uh, we're kind of... Yeah. yeah. Because we're seeing some are going to the left and some are going to the right. And until you actually get to the throne of God, you don't really get what the left or the right is all about. And the reality is that if you are a a young person, and that really means if you're younger than me, um, you know, the, the idea that you may not see your life through to be a 90 year old seems a little bit strange but the reality is today today we are nearer to the coming of Jesus Christ than we have ever been in the whole of history isn't that amazing and next Sunday if we are still here we'll be closer to that opportunity of standing before the throne of grace and God when we stand there this is an amazing thing He's not going to go, yeah, uh-huh, you did Bible study on a Wednesday. Yeah, that's good, that's good, that's good. Um, you did a prayer meeting. Yeah, you, you attended prayer meeting. We'll tick that. Um, you were part of the worship team. Ah, oh, double bubble. Um, 
And whilst for some of us, um, there is this constant assessment of our brother and our sister's level of spirituality. And we do that sometimes by how many church events we attend. You do know that somebody is, a, oh, what joy wasn't at prayer meeting for the last three weeks. We wonder where she is spiritually. Fred hasn't been seen at Bible study. We wonder where he is spiritually. Always assessing where, and you know what? If you are a teacher in the church or you're a preacher, triple tick. Because that must mean, doesn't it, that you are spiritually where God wants you to be. So there's this assessment that takes place amongst ourselves. And of course, there's the assessment that the world and the people of the world have. You, you do know, again, that we are constantly being assessed. Whether it's our relatives, whether it's the... the, the I get tired of being assessed by a group of people who really don't know what it is to be a Christian. I get tired of meeting their expectation. They don't know what it means for me as a a Christian man who understands that I am made in God's image and in his likeness what it means to have a deep and meaningful relationship with God through faith in Jesus. They don't get that. They don't get this, this compulsion that I have, this, this great need to come into this, a place like this on a Sunday and just to fellowship and what all this means. They don't get it. Whatever little that they understand about what we do within the confines of these four walls. They do understand the basics, though. And it's the very basics that they're going to judge and assess you and I. It's the basics. And so the the scripture verse that we read, it's not about whether our deeds will get us into heaven, because it's not by works that we get into heaven. It's purely by the grace of God. It's purely because of what Jesus did on the cross at Calvary that we will get into heaven. It's not that, but the very deeds that, the, that we read about in that scripture verse, yeah, it's, it's, I like to think it's where Jesus is talking about Uh, in Matthew 15, I think verse 16, that we should let our light shine. Yeah, Because when we let our light shine through our deeds and somebody sees you and I responding to the need of another. I'm not talking about responding to the need of your family. You don't get any brownie points for that. Um, It's about responding to the need And doing that, as we read earlier on, that random act of kindness to a stranger. Responding to the need of another. Because when we do that, according to the word of God, our heavenly father receives all the glory. Am I the only one excited about that? Just about the opportunity of representing 
uh, Jesus Christ. I think it was Mother Teresa. She was asked, when you are looking and, and, and feeding the hungry, and, and what do you see when you look into the eyes of a hungry, dying, destitute individual? And she replied, I see the eyes of Jesus looking back at me. And God creates opportunities for us to engage with him. Isn't that amazing? So, the question I have is this. If it isn't about salvation, and it's clearly not about salvation, what is it about? It's about the heart condition of an individual. And you and I have got to ask ourselves this question. What kind of man and what kind of woman would see somebody hungry and not feed them? Surely no one from this church. It's a heart condition. It wasn't about whether you had been to church, did all of the churchy things. It wasn't even about having confessed Jesus Christ in public. It was about if Jesus Christ is Lord of our lives, as he should be, there has to be an outward expression of that engagement, of that encounter with Jesus. And the heart condition of an individual that would see somebody hungry and not feed them. You know what street pastors do? I sit on the um, town hall steps. Um, I love having conversations over a bit of Kentucky. Yeah. Meeting somebody and, uh, you know, the, the street, I'm hungry, so we go there, get a bit of chicken, get us some chips, as you can see, and and we sit down, and we sit down, and we, we, we'll, we'll have a conversation, and it starts with, you know what, it doesn't matter what it starts with. It starts with them, and we have that conversation. Jesus was big into food, wasn't he? Yeah, given every opportunity. I reckon if he didn't go into this saving the world thing, he may have started a restaurant. It's... He was big into food. Whenever he, he, he had the opportunity, he engaged with people. We feed the hungry. And if I was out with a street pastor and somebody said, I am hungry, and we didn't feed that person, I would wonder about the hearts of that individual. We give water to individuals. Um, What kind of human being would not give a thirsty individual something to drink? That's what Jesus was pointing out. If there is, and there is this assumption here that you and I are able to respond to the hunger. There is the assumption here because my God is a just God. So the assumption is that you and I have what the other person needs. What kind of an individual would see someone naked and 
walk the other way and not do what he or she could possibly do to make sure that that person has. And of course we have the challenges of the UK and our borders and who should be coming in and who shouldn't be coming in and and all of that. And whatever our political perspectives of that is, the Bible says, welcome the stranger. How do we challenge that? When we go out as street pastors, as it was said, we have the opportunity to, to pray. It's one of the greatest joy that I have when I go out as a street pastor's that I will meet someone and I get to pray for someone who probably has never been prayed for before. And it is not uncommon from the moment we've had this conversation and it, regardless of what you may have heard about street pastors, yeah, I can guarantee you that the street pastors that are currently in this church have had more conversations about Jesus Christ with strangers than they have ever had. Because when we respond to the felt needs of people, they want to know what it is that has motivated you to do that. What kind of strange and peculiar people are you that you leave the comfort of your home at 10 o'clock at night? I hope I'm not discouraging you here. That 10 o'clock at night until 4 in the morning sometimes what kind of people would do that? What kind of God do you serve that you believe that he would de- demand that, require that of you? That conversation. I have prayed for people who, after we've done the initial prayer, they will lift up their heads and it's not uncommon to see tears coming do you understand how powerful our prayers are when we get to we do it within the confine of the church that's wonderful but when you meet a person on the street and God gives you a little bit of an insight into the very soul of that person and you are able to pray like no one else could have prayed in the life of that individual And the Spirit of God does what the Spirit of God does. Grown men. Collapsing. Crying. And with that comes the inevitable hug. Because whilst it's bread and butter to us, it isn't to the world and the people of the world. Our neighborhoods need us. Our neighborhoods need us. What fascinates me is that as church, I was really encouraged as I walked in, I saw the food bank um, basket there. Our church, we spend a lot of time um, in trying to find the things that we could do that would engage and get people to know us. When it doesn't work, the congregation blame the leadership. 
And that we look at the program, something has happened. My church, sometimes we turn up and we find out we've we got so much going on, we're double booked. And the inevitable clash happens. Who's going to have the back hall? Who was it that got there first? Because we, there's so much that we're doing. And we all want a strategy, don't we? We all want a plan and we want to be able to fulfill God's purpose within the congregation. We want to see that every member of our congregation is somehow engaged in something. So we do somersaults. But there, I, I, I serve a strategic God. He doesn't just tell us about theology But he also takes us down the road of methodology as well. And God explains to us and presents us, give me a church, Lord, that is feeding the hungry, and I'll show you a growing church. Show me a church that understands the very things that the community thirsts for and seeks to refresh that. I will show you an engaged church. Show me a church that is concerned for the strangers, those for whom this land of opportunity is not their native land, but they know it doesn't matter what the Home Office says. It doesn't matter what the politicians say. But, you know, when I walk into St. John's, I'm going to be welcomed. I'll show you a community church. Show me a church that understands that people have needs and seek to respond to that, I will show you a church that makes Jesus Christ smile in heaven. Don't you ever get the, do you do something and you, you hope it brings a smile to the face of God? Yeah. You do know God smiles, don't you? I think he's got a sense of humor when you look at each of us. Give me a church like that. And I'm I'm excited to, and it's the kind of church that we are all looking for. A church that is engaged in our community. Street pastors, I always say to people, we are not the only tool in the toolbox of the church. That's why you have Christians in sports. That's why you have Trust Will Trust Food Bank. That's why you have CAP. That's why you have street passes. That's why you have rail passes. That's how you have response passes. Isn't it amazing? The church has opportunities to engage with the community. If only we would respond and use the strategy that God has given us, the methodology of engaging with those that are outside of a relationship with God through faith in Jesus. Has anybody here been out as an observer with street passes? Is it because you've never been invited? Would you like to be invited? And it's an amazing thing. Some people, when they come to church, we invited, somebody attended our church once, and they said they'd walked past our church for many years. And we said, what, what drew you in this Sunday? And it was a very simple thing. It said, somebody invited me. The church door had always been open. 
But no one had invited them. As soon as the invitation was given. So if you have not been invited to go out with street passers as an observer, yeah, I give you this personal invitation. Do you know what that means? It means that on a Friday or a Saturday, just come out. Tell yourself that you're only coming out for two hours, if that works for you. Tell yourself you're coming out for two hours. I promise you, if they are out for four hours, you'll be there for four hours. But if two hours works for you, it gives you a, I've got to go home early. Because when we are out there, it is amazing what God does and what he enables us to see. It is amazing the welcome that street passes have in our community. It is amazing how refreshed you will feel. I know you're probably thinking, Friday night, Saturday night, it's a little bit, what's it used to But there has been many times when I have been a very tired person, but I am faithful to God, and I go out on the streets, and by the time I'm out there engaging with people, I come back refreshed. So I give you the invitation. If you would like to go out as an observer, all it requires is a couple of hours of your time. Please do that. Please do that. Street pastors is... Is something happening out there? Oh, collecting the kids. Okay. I, I, I thought there was this mad exodus. Uh, important stuff happening. Um, please, your community needs you. I, I, I don't know how to put easier than that. Your community needs you. Um, one of the things as we, as I kind of wind up, one of the things that is most challenging to me is that when I get a phone call from a street pastor area because the church has decided we have done street pastors for four years, so let's do something else now. But yet the police, the local authorities, and the community are still saying, we want you. We want you. But as long as there are men and women such as ourselves that understand that we need to be the hands and heart of Jesus Christ on our streets, we will continue to see this move of God's spirit that takes us from the Orkneys right down to Devon, back from Australia to the US, back to the UK. You are needed. God is challenging you. I am challenging you. Please support your street pastors. Don't be a churchgoer. Don't be a Bible... I'm not telling them not to go to Bible studies. Hear me here. Yeah. Yeah. But don't let the fact that you go to Bible study all of a sudden... Because if you go to Bible study, there better be some application of what's being taught and learns. Prayer meeting only acts as a 
conduit where we're communicating our heart and desire, there has to be some action after prayer meeting. There must be some action after prayer meeting. And all of the worship, let's take some of that worship out on the streets. And there are different ways of worshiping God. But our church, it's at its very best when we are outside of the four walls of the building. When we are experienced firsthand and people get to engage with God. Whatever you did to the least of these, my brethren, you've done unto me. So if you want a real engagement with Jesus Christ, find somebody who's naked. Find somebody who's hungry. Find somebody who's thirsty. Find somebody who's a stranger. Find someone who's in prison or in sick in hospital and engage with them. Because as you do that, you engage with our Lord and Savior. We're going to be around for a little while. I'd love to have a conversation with you if you, if you wish. There are going to be some booklets. Um, I, I will make space so that when you rush to pick, get your booklets that we, we're not in your way and we can have a conversation if you want. May God bless you. Thank you.